Welcome, folks. We are Release the Adventure, a podcast about going outside, experiencing new things, all the different outside hobbies, and all the things that go along with that. I'm Brad. And I'm Sean. And today, we're going to talk about something that I don't know a lot about. Sean, will you teach me how to buy a kayak? I will very well try my best. I am still learning a lot myself, spent all last night watching YouTube videos, reading articles, and there's a lot to this, a lot to consider. So as you guys saw, based off of the title, we're talking about kayaks under $1,000. And more specifically, it's if you want to use your next stimulus check on getting into kayaking and paddling sports, how you can do that. And so whether this is going to be your very first kayak ever or your second kayak where you want to upgrade from like a $300 under kayak. I think there's going to be a lot of information in this episode that can apply to you. First off, yakking's a gosh darn good time. Why Why would you want to go go yakking, yakking around? Yak it, yak, don't talk back. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, there's a lot you can do with yaks, kayaks. I, I'm, I'm just going to say yak from till the end, end of time. So <laughs> yak, yak, yak. Um, easier <laughs> yak yak is is easier so just so you know when i say yak i mean kayak okay so there's a lot of types of different kayaks there's ocean kayaks there's lake and river kayaks and there's like whitewater kayaks inflatable kayaks foldable kayaks all kinds of things and much like with mountain biking you want to have the right tool for what you want to do right and so yeah. and also what type of activities are you going to be doing with it are you doing the whitewater stuff are you going down rivers or are you just on a lake fishing and so that kind of brings us to the first things you have to consider is where and what activities you're going to be doing so fishing versus like sporting stuff so brad what what do you what do you think you'd be interested in doing with your yak so i've had a kayak before i've had one before and it was a fishing kayak it was about $600, so mid-range for the price range yeah. we're talking about. Um, so I've done that. I've gone on lakes. I've gone fishing in it. I enjoyed it overall, but I want to get into whitewater. Yeah, definitely. Living in Wyoming and Colorado, we have rivers everywhere that have mm-hmm. some of the best whitewater kayaking in the country. Yeah, and there's, I've never there's a lot tr- of really good spots. Yeah. I've never tried it, so I'd like to be able to get into it with something that I'm not going to break on the first day or I'm going to have to break the budget and get a loan to buy a kayak. Yeah, sure. So we will start with that gives us to a segue of what sit in and versus sit on top is. So these are two different types of kayaks. You know what they are, Brad. So fishing kayaks tend to be sit on top. And you kind of have this little lawn chair-esque thing on top of your kayak. And you have these little uh, points on the boat where you can attach your fishing pole. Mm-hmm. And that's usually like a sit-on-top type of thing. And, then and they're also, also good for like, that, kids Sean, and stuff. Just to add to it a little bit is what's good about that, as we were on the same train with the kids, Sean, is it has holes throughout the boat that water can go in and out of. Yeah. So it doesn't build up on the kayak. So you can fully roll that kayak, roll it back over and get back on top, yep. which is really good for 
people who are fresh to the sport or for kids that mess around, flip over a kayak, you don't have to walk it all the way back to the shore just to get back in. Yeah, it's it's a self those little types of holes it, it has a technical name but it's fleeting my mind right now but yeah they're they're self-draining essentially whereas the sit-ins the cheaper sit-ins if they flood you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to rescue your boat pretty quickly you're gonna have to rescue yourself and rescue your boat at the same time from going under yeah so um but if we would like to we can start with sit-ins so sit-ins are good for the whitewater stuff. And they're also good for like touring is what they're called. These long like day trip type of things where maybe you have in your bulkheads, you have a tent, you have a small backpacking tent, single person backpacking tent or a hammock or some, some, some sort of setup to where you can go down the river, find a camping setup, have some MREs in your bulkheads too. And then set up for the night. And so that's kind of what touring are and then obviously kind of the rapid kayaks are for rapids those ones are shorter and more nimble where your hips are kind of more glued to the side and you're really getting onto your secondary edges kind of like how you would on a snowboard or ski and really edging it out getting into the turns getting really nimble with it oh, okay hmm. yeah that is a good also a segue to talking about what primary uh what's it called Primary versus secondary when you get it. So primary is when you first get into the boat, how hard it is to first get into the boat. And when you're just in a neutral sitting stance, I guess you could say how well it floats and how stable the boat is. And then your secondary stability is when you're on your edges and the likelihood of it to roll. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know that any of these terms related to kayaking. Yeah, some some boats are good at both. Some boats are good at one and not the other. And, you know, your prices kind of fluctuate depending on what, what it's good at and not so good at. And how good its edges are and how good its uh, hole is for the primary stability of it. So, Sean, asking about whitewater kayaks. So those shorter, tighter toward your hip, nimble ones. Are those going to be more focused on that second edge to be able to, I guess, have the ability to roll and that type of thing? But on your first, on stage one, or set one, or I even forgot. Primary. Primary, thank you. Primary, you're sitting in it. Is it a little bit harder to control? Or what what do you know? So from what I understand of it is... For kayaks that emphasize the primary stability of the boat, it's more of a recreational boat for beginners. It's kind of assumed with whitewater boats that you have a solid grasp of the sport and kind of know what you're doing and you understand how to do wet exits and that type of stuff. Okay. And so the the whitewater stuff is there is more of a focus of the design on the secondary stability of the boat in your in your edge work. Hmm, okay. And also that's something that's kind of similar to snowboarding in a way. There's different types of shapes of boats. There's like rocker shapes where that's a similar word to snowboarding. And there's also like, they call them like Swedish shapes. And the Swedish shape is where the boat is very, very narrow at the bow and the stern. 
but it gets very wide around your hips. So then the mm. stability is the the base, the majority of where like your mass is and where the boat is, the mass of the boat is, is in your hips. Oh, okay. And like for like the rocker boats, it's kind of like if you've ever seen that on a snowboard, Brad, where it kind of has like a little bit of a wave on like your edges. Yes. Of the, of your snowboards and your yeah. middle is a little bit different too. So mm-hmm. you're getting like these different contact points. Okay. These different types of boats have these different types of shapes to them. So along with that, since we're talking about holes, there's a few different types of holes that you can have. There's a flat hole, a rounded hole, a V-shape hole, a pontoon, and a chine. Okay. So the flat hole is offers the greatest primary stability, and it's the flatter. So like just imagine instead of like a V-shape on the bottom where it really cuts through the water, it's more flat, more more buoyant, and it's a little bit wider, so it has more surface area on the water. Okay, so and your rounded like a, hole. Yeah, like a John boat for concept. Yeah. So very flat, kind of square looking compared to the yeah. rounded bottom. Exactly. Okay. And then the next step up from there is rounded, where it can in, this is where you're starting to get a little more aerodynamic or a, you know, you, you can cut through the water easier. Hydrodynamic. Travel, hydrodynamic. There, there you go. That's a good word for it. <laughs> and it makes them slightly more maneuverable than the flat holes. Okay. And then there's V-shape, which is kind of more about what I was talking about a second ago. And these are very they very crisp. It can hold a straight line very well. Because I don't know if you've ever been in a cheap kayak where you're paddling and paddling for a little bit and you stop. And then you start to drift out. You know, you start to go to one side or another. Yep. These V-shape kayaks are very good at holding their correct line. Okay. And keeping you going in a straight line and... That just means there's more efficiency in your paddle strokes and stuff like that. And so then, that, so that would be like a kayak. Well, it would look similar to like what the rowers would use in like professional yeah. rowing. Yeah, it would look something similar to that. It would that would be more classified as like a, a a touring boat. These are the types of boats that would be twelve foot, fourteen foot, um, maybe fifteen, sixteen foot. If you're going really crazy, if you have like a tandem boat, maybe it would be up to sixteen feet foot long okay. boat but yeah definitely a longer boat rather than like a 10 foot like white water uh kayak okay that's fair and then the last one last couple ones we have we can go over them pretty quickly but we've got the pontoon boat which is kind of its own thing not not exactly a kayak but it's kind of a hybrid thing and then we have the chine and this is the way that the bottom of the boat meets the sides either in a rounded soft chine or more angles on a harder chine. All boats kind of fall somewhere in between this, but the softer the chine, the more secondary stability the boat will have. Okay. That makes sense. So So it's like having on a snowboard, you want to have a really sharp edge when in a kayak, you want to have more of a uh, softer edge for whitewater. Yeah, exactly. And when you watch YouTube videos, Boats that have a really good secondary stability edge, you could almost like start to get water into your boat before you actually start to roll the boat. And so mm. those are the ones with really good secondary stability. Whereas okay. some of these cheaper boats around 300 to 500 range ish that are more sit on top oriented, the sit on top boats, you have a higher center of gravity because you're in this lawn chair esque boat. 
right? You're not sitting inside of the hole. And so they got to make the boats a little bit bigger, a little bit wider. And so because of that, your center of gravity is higher. You're more likely to roll. So that's fair. fishing, fishing kayak boats aren't, don't have as good of a secondary edge. Cause that's just not what they're made for. They're more of that primary. So you can also stand on it as well. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for bringing that up. That's one thing that fishing boats are really good at. Cause you might not always want to sit in your little lawn chair. Uh, they, they have a specific name, but they just look like lawn chairs to, to me. Yeah, they definitely just look like lawn chairs. <laughs> Some of them, you can even take the seats out. So then you have a lawn chair when you get back onto land. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's super fancy. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of somewhat somewhat new in the last few years from what I've seen in red on uh, fishing kayaks. But, yeah. So that's a lot about edges and primary versus secondary. Um, also with that, some of these boats, like your touring boats, they'll have a retractable skag. And so a skag is a little f- retractable fin that comes off of the back of your boat. So the stern of your boat, right? Hopefully I'm not messing up my nautical terms. No, you're good. Um, you haven't messed up yet. <laughs> definitely not in the Navy. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. Uh, nautical no. terms are a little, little confusing sometimes. But yeah, and if I didn't start of the guess boat, by a boat, there's no way I would know any of them. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way. It's it's kind of confusing when you're first starting out. Um, but yeah, it's this little thing that you can pull off to your like near your cockpit of your boat. Um, you just pull this little cord, and you can pull and pull harder and harder, and it'll retract it more and more. And you can see pictures of that online and on videos of which boats have stern or stags, I should say. I said stern. But yeah, which boats have skags. And that helps you with like wind resistance. If you're on a lake on a really windy day, those skags are really good at keeping your line straight. So you're not drifting off to the side. And so you're cutting through the water better. But it does kind of slow you down a little bit. So you're gaining more stability for less hydrodynamics. So you can think of a skag as a permanent rudder. So instead of it being something that goes right and left and helps you steer the boat, it just goes straight down into the water to keep you going straight. So it gives you a little bit more of that straightability, I guess, even though that's, I don't know if that's a word. It can be now. (laughs) (laughs) I've made a new word, everyone. Straightability. Straightability. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, uh, this kind of price point, you're looking at kind of a quote-unquote recreational kayak, whether you're, whether you're doing a sit-in or sit-on-top, and you might be able to get like a day-touring kayak with this type of setup. And the day-touring kayaks typically have more bulkheads. They might have a stern and a bow bulkhead that you can look into. And also one of the boats that I really like was the Wilderness Systems Pungo 12.0. What a and name. that has this, yeah, what, what a name. But in its cockpit, it has this, like, removable removable plastic piece where it has, like, cup holders and, like, a dry a dry box where you can put your phone right right in front of you and stuff. So I appreciated that for kind of the, the, the normie kayaker that I, I, I am. That is fair. <laughs> and, Sean, for one more time, what was the name of that? It was the Wilderness Systems Pungo 12.0. Okay. It's a good boat, okay. but that is right at our $1,000 um, threshold for the Pungo. 
But that is more of a day touring kayak and kind of nearing recreational zone rather than a whitewater kayak. Okay, and is that a sit-in or sit on top? That is a sit-in. Okay. But one of the reasons why I really like this this Pungo, I don't want to keep saying the whole name, <laughs> the Pungo, is because they really went all in with the creature comforts. Like I already said, they have this, this little cup holder system, and these all these little bits right in fr- front of you. So on the Pungo, like they went all in on the creature comforts. You can do all these different things with the seat. By far and wide, everyone in this price point is saying that the seat is the most comfortable one because of all of its adjustable features. And so as someone with scoliosis, and that's going to be sitting down, you know, when I'm trying to enjoy my kayak, keeping a proper posture and keeping comfortable in the seat, very important to me. And so you can adjust the height of the back support. You can adjust the lumbar support of it. You can adjust the, the thigh support. You have knee bash guards. You have adjustable foot pedals. You can adjust where the seat goes, whether you're f- based off a of height, forward or backward. So you can adjust the seat pretty much every single way you can think of on the Pungo. And then with that, it also has a really good sized stern bulkhead. Bulkhead, that... Why is that word hard? I don't know. Anybody else have a hard time with a bulkhead? <laughs> Anyone bulkhead. who's not in the Navy, I feel like, is it kind of struggles with this stuff when you're brand new. They don't count. Yeah. And the na- also... Navy cheats. The, the Navy does cheat. They, they're they they're on a different level. <laughs> they're off in their weird... I don't know. No disrespect against Navy, but they kind of have this, like... With all their lingo and their special words, it's kind of, kind of on the culty side. I can okay. I'm gonna rant. I get 15 seconds. All right. You their got ranking it. system makes zero sense. The rest <laughs> of the whole military, Air Force, um, Marines, Army, right? Nobody cares about the Coast Guard. Love the Coast Guard. <laughs> oh, but all three Guard. of those have very similar. Yes, Air Force has chiefs, so on and so forth. But at least follows the system enough Mm -hmm. a captain in the navy is like way up top like one of the highest ranks you can get captain in the army that you can get that within like six years six to eight years of getting in as an officer Mm -hmm. yeah not okay not rather than like a like a 20 year career kind of thing more like 30 years Oh wow! Captain's like you—you you finish as a captain in the navy. You did good, son. You did mm-hmm. good. There oh you go. man, my rant's over. Sorry, everybody. It's okay. So one thing to look at versus day touring versus just regular touring. So regular touring, you're going to be doing like a weekend trip, nonstop, going down the river. You're just going down the Mississippi, and you're just—I don't know. You started Colorado out river. You started out way up top, and all of a sudden you're in Louisiana. So, <laughs> I don't recommend taking a kayak on the Mississippi. Take it on the Colorado yeah. River, not yeah, the Mississippi. That. The Mississippi was just a silly example. Sean, but we yeah. should do that. <laughs> Anybody want to fund a trip for us to start in Chicago and ride it all the way down? <laughs> we'll do it. Oh I promise you, if you pay for it, we'll go full-fledged. We'll sleep on our kayaks. 
Well, all the way. We'll have all our own food. We'll cook while we go. Let's break some world records or something. I'd rather do the Christopher McCandless doing the Colorado River into the Gulf of Mexico, sneaking your way through international waters and ending up in to Mexico. <laughs> I d- do you remember Christopher McCandless? I do. Yeah. And yes, that would be a fun trip, but that would be a sketchy trip. Oh, it's yeah. much different than when he was <laughs> in the 90s. Oh, yeah. What was that book called? Out out in the Wild or uh, Into the Wild? No, in, Into the Wild? Into the Wild sounds right. Into the Wild sounds right. But yeah, anyways, we're, we're on another tangent here. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're falling off the bookend today. Anyways, okay, so touring kayaks. Not day touring, regular touring. So you got a bow bulkhead and a stern bulkhead. So you got you got a ton of little compartments that you can put stuff into. So that's kind of where the extra money for regular touring kayaks goes into. And so there's there's all kinds of things that you can look into. And what I would recommend, the biggest thing, if if you were to if you lasted this part and got past our rants and our tangents, if there's anything <laughs> that I could recommend to you, is if you're serious about saying, you know, I don't want a Walmart boat. I don't want a a dick sporting goods boat. You know, we're talking under $300. And there's nothing wrong with getting into the sport with those boats. But you're saying, I want to really get something around $600 to $1,000 or $500 to $1,000, let's say. A definitive step up from those big box store boats. I would okay. say go to a specialty store. Look up in your area where a specialty kayak or boating store is not necessarily motorboat right but canoes pontoons pontoon boats kayaks maybe even stand-up paddleboard type of things so just a white water area store and those people are going to have very precise specialty information where they've demoed every single boat in the store and they're going to tell you exactly how the boats handle and exactly what makes sense for your priorities is you know just primary stability a focus for you is having lots of bulkheads a a priority for you is the ergonomics a priority for you you know they're going to be telling you all these different things and going to the people that sell these day after day and have demoed every single thing in their store they're going to be able to give you the most educated response and if you're in colorado the one that i see that has the highest reviews i've never been there so once again, this is just off the internet and trust in the people of the internet. Pikes Peak Outfitter in Colorado Springs seems to have a really good selection across the board. Yeah. They come from those beginners all the way up to I got plenty of money and they also have stand up paddle boards as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sounds that sounds like a good one. I would imagine that they would know that they were talking about. I imagine they hire people that are into paddle sports and know what they're talking about. So I would, I would say it's a fair assumption that that's, that's a good store, but some, just a quick thing about what kayaks you could be looking into for. And just like, well, I don't even know what's a good brand. You know, I want to make sure I'm getting a good bang for my buck. Some good brands are wilderness systems, ocean kayak, ocean kayak is a type of kayak and it's also a brand. So just make sure when you're talking to somebody, you're specifying, if you're going to like a store that's not a specialty store, if you want the Ocean Kayak brand, you're special. You're making sure you're talking about the brand, not a type, because Ocean Kayaks are very 
much a different beast where they're all about like primary stability and making sure you can go over ways without tipping over every two two seconds and they're super super long yeah they're long and they're heavy (laughs) at least the the one the couple times i've been able to ocean kayak out in california they've always been long and heavy and when uv and i went on a tandem ride that thing was extra heavy and it just it was just like just it was just a slog getting through that thing it was we were trying to do i was trying to do like synchronized rowing with her because it was windy and there's waves i'm just like i need your help (laughs) (laughs) i can't do this alone i can't do this alone because the boat kept like drifting off it didn't keep a straight edge and so yeah that was that was difficult but anyways other good brands are perception old town Intex, Sun Dolphin, Sun Dolphin. I've heard some uh, so-so things on. Lifetime is also like kind of a, uh, it's kind of a budget-friendly thing. But yeah, those are some good ones. So Sun Dolphin, I want to do my two cents real quick on that. They are like the I'm trying to think of a good comparison into the mountain bike world. Um, Huffy. So Huffy has a lot of Walmart <laughs> bikes, right? A lot of Walmart bikes. Right. But they also have a, like, 2800 full suspension bike. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good bike for the bunny. It does all the things. It checks all the boxes. Has a rock shocks. It's a good bike. But it's a huffy. <laughs> so, when you yeah. look at Sun Dolphin, you got to think about it like that. Is If you're going to spend the money, you'll probably get a pretty decent product. But where they make most of their money is that under $300 range. Yeah. yeah. That makes me, with the mountain biking metaphor, it makes me think of the Sun Tour front forks. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Where it's like, yeah, this will get the job done, and this is a way for you to get into the sport cheaply. And you could get the top-of-the-line Sun Tour that's like a $1,000 fork, but no one buys that because you're at $1,000, you're just going to do Rock Shocks or, or Fox. Exactly, exactly. So, anyways. But yeah, so let's let's assume that you're getting into someone who's getting into this for the first time, like myself, you know. So what are the things that are going to dip into your source of money? So if we're talking $1,000, we're not truly saying, if it's this is your first boat, you're going to need to buy a bunch of other stuff with that. And that's going to cut into your budget. If you're trying to stick to under a thousand dollars. Okay. So with that, you got to think of how you're going to transport the boat. So more often than not, you're going to need a roof rack to go on top and you're going to need the crossbars and stuff like that. So if you don't have any bars on your car, you're going to have to buy bars. And if you don't have crossbars, you're going to have to buy crossbars. And so just right there, you're looking at 200 to $400 to install bars on under your car. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you need the kayak mounts, which are like J mounts. And those are more, those, those are a lot better. And so on Amazon, when I was searching, you can get a good kayak holder on your roof for $60, $100. So okay. not, not bad there. The hardest part is getting the crossbars and stuff onto your car. Okay. In addition to that, another cheap thing you'll need is you're going to need ratchet straps to hold the yaks down from their holders onto the crossbars okay. when you're driving. So those, you could get a set of four ratchet straps for 20 to 40 bucks. 
yeah. on Amazon. So pretty pretty easy there. Also another option, Sean, that I see that you didn't see in your research that I've used before. And basically they're inflatable racks-ish. Basically mm-hmm. all it is is inflatable tube, little round thing um, that kind of uses as a bumper that you just put on top of your car and then you set your kayak on top of it and then you strap your kayak down. So that's a very, very cheap way to do it. Not super recommended because the boat will move around a little bit more, that type of thing. They also have a hard foam version of that that is shaped like the hull of the boat. You set that on top of your car and then you strap it down. But we Mm -hmm. always recommend going for the rack just for safety-wise and for the life of the car. But if you're really like you have a beater from the 90s and you're like, I don't care about this car at all. Throw a <laughs> throw a piece of cardboard or something on top and throw the yak on there and you'll be okay. Yeah, and then you you still need something to make sure it situates it in and straps it down. But yeah, yeah. I think that's where your your foam thing um, that you're talking about comes into play. Exactly, and those are pretty um, cheap in comparison. But yeah, that's fair. They're not always the best fit. Fair enough. Um, something to also consider is if you have an SUV is to measure out the back of your SUV with the seats down. And so you might be yes. able to fit completely a 10 foot yak into the back of your car. And if you have a truck, then screw it. Just put it into the, into the flatbed and call yeah. and call it a day there, you know, just put some, something down so it doesn't scratch the bottom of the hole. doesn't get scratched up in the liner, but Yeah. You could just do it that way, but if you have a big enough SUV, you could easily fit a 10-foot yak into the back of your SUV and not even have to worry about all of the all of the roof rack stuff. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, the next thing that you're going to need is a bilge pump. I would say this is only for sit-in kayaks. So if you have a sit-in kayak, you're going to need a bilge pump, and that's just this little hand pump that you would put into your bulkhead. And this is something that you're going to need if you ever need a self-rescue. So by self-rescue, I mean you're out, you're, you're a beginner, and you hit your secondary edge too hard, you roll the boat, right? And okay. also, while we're talking about this, before you go out on your first yakking adventure, go onto YouTube and learn how to self-rescue. Very, very important. It's something that could easily save your life. With the sit-ins... When you have to self-rescue, your boat rolls over. There's going to be a little bit of water in there. And the cheaper ones, the cheaper sit-ins you go, the worse they are at floating when they're flipped over. And so then they get more and more water into them. And the worst ones, like the under $300 category, those ones can just completely sink. And not only do you have to rescue yourself, you have to rescue your boat so it's not at the bottom of the lake. That sounds like a bad day. Yeah, exactly. So that's something to consider. And so these little bilge pumps, very cheap. Uh, on Amazon, you can just get them from like 20 to 40 bucks. Also, with sit-ins, most people with sit-ins like to have a spray skirt because that's one of the benefits of having sit-in is you're not quite as much in the elements, so to, so to say. And so you can get a spray skirt, and those are a little more expensive. You can get cheap ones, cheap universal ones that maybe won't last as long or they don't fit quite as well on to your kayak around $60. 
And if you want to have more specialty ones, those ones are around $150, $160. So right now with all this extra stuff, let's just say you just need crossbars and then your yak holder. And let's say you do get a sit-in, you get a spray skirt, and you get your bilge pump. Just with this stuff, you're looking at like $300, close to $400. In addition to that, you're still going to need a paddle because your kayak, more often than not, isn't going to come come with a paddle. Fortunately, paddles are pretty cheap. They can go from $30 to $150. And yep. that kind of brings you to something that $30, not the best. $150, you're looking at what the pros are using. So right. you can always go for that $80 range, which you'll get yeah, right. plenty of life out of it. Plus, it'll be something that's a little more custom fit for you, has the right size, so on and so forth. Yep. Also with that, with your paddle, you're going to need a paddle float. And I would recommend a paddle float even if you have a sit on top. So a paddle float is something that would live in your bulkhead more often than not. And it's just this little thing that you would strap on the end of your paddle when you're self-rescuing. And then, so that's, you'd put that at the end and that end of the paddle would be the one in the water so that you can put your leg up and onto your paddle and you have something to lay on essentially and get yourself onto the boat from, from then on to help you get back into the boat once you have the boat flipped over. Okay. Also with that, saving your life. I don't care if you're the next Michael Phelps. You're out <laughs> in the nature. You're out in weather environments. You need a life jacket no matter what. Where so life jackets your life jacket. are, yeah, we're always, always, always wear your life jacket. There's no if ands, or buts about that. And a quick note on that. A lot of people, because I was a fisherman kayaker, a lot of people don't wear their um, life jackets when they're fishing. Because they're like, oh, I'm on a really stable boat. I can stand up. This, that, and the other thing. You don't know what's going to happen. You could be fishing. Hook your line on something. A fish could pull your boat into something that you don't know what's under there. You could fall off your boat. Hook your foot on seaweed line that somebody else left under there. And now you're struggling to get above. But if you had a life jacket on, you probably wouldn't have even got deep enough to hook any of that stuff. But yeah, there's a lot to consider there with the fishing kayak. And also with that, let's say you're out, it's a beautiful day, but you live in Colorado. Weather changes every five minutes, uh, it's like around here. Yeah. And all of a sudden, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, you're getting hailed on. You're freaking out, you're trying to get to shore, and you roll your roll your secondary two-edge. All of a sudden, your fishing boat is, is, is upside down, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah, you want to make sure that you have your life jacket on in these crazy situations. Or... Yeah. You know, let's just take weather out of it. You're in a new lake, a new river system area that you never fished before. You go one, two turns the wrong way, and all of a sudden, you're going down a rapid that your boat is not capable of, of going down. These yep. things have happened to yep. people. You need to be prepared for while these small chance things that could potentially happen to you, it's better to be safe than sorry because this is your life. And if you have someone with you in a tandem boat, that's potentially their life too. So... Also, I'm going to throw out a couple little accessories on the fishing side that you might think, oh, I might want something or need this. I'm going to go with the needs first. Uh, fishing pole leashes. They are very simple little things that have a little rubber band center with two loops. 
you hook it around your fishing pole, you hook it to one of the cleats on the boat, and then you're good to go. Buy these yeah. the first time, not after you lose your $100 fishing pole and <laughs> reel, a.k.a. I'm dumb. That's what it is. I went and had to dive about 30 feet into a lake, and I found it. Very lucky. Wow. I was Yeah, it was a very lucky day. Luckily, I had great cousins that had super eyes because they both had surgery, and they can see through the water. I'm blind, <laughs> so I can't see things. So they pointed, and I swam until I found it. Were those cousins your competitive swimming cousins too? Yes, it is. And of course, instead of them swimming to the <laughs> bottom to go get it, because they have super lungs, they take the kid who quit sports and joined theater to go and sit there and struggle with like 15 attempts till I finally got <laughs> it. But, you know, I learned a lot. I got yes, a little bit physically tougher that day. And I learned fishing leashes. Always have... It hooks some way. If you want to use a little bit of rope, whatever you want to do, stuff happens. Sometimes you get hit by a wave or you're not paying attention. Stuff falls off the boat. So you always want to have it leashed to your boat. Two, a little fun thing that I liked was a fish measurer that you can have on the inside of your boat that also had a pair of snips or... Um, little pliers that sit inside of it so then I could pull them out and take the hook out of the fish and have it be a little bit easier to move along and not have to struggle to crawl forward to my tackle box to get more things out I already had it right there and then to take the hook out of the fish and then I can keep fishing nice yeah so a couple little fun things also a super want this is a want, folks. So this is obviously out of this $1,000 range. Is Basically, it's a side buoy that have mm. arms that reach out and put like a little side thing that helps you be a little more stable. Very mm. cool. I got to fish on one that had two of them on both sides. So you set them down while you're fishing, and then when you stand up, basically it feels like you're on almost a 10-foot wide boat and you're actually on like a three foot wide boat. So it was very right. cool, very fun. Something to look into if you get really into fishing on a yak. But if not, there's just something cool to play around with if you get to rent. Yeah, that's really cool. Also with fishing, remember you still need a fishing license no matter what. Otherwise, they're going to come out and they're going to find you big dollars if they find that you don't have your fishing license. So yes. always make sure you're listening to your local rules around you. And also make sure that you look at the local lake that you're going to and see what their rules are for safety equipment. Yep. Some, and I'm not saying all, this is some, you have to have things like a flare, especially mm. if you're off the ocean. If you're somewhere well, yeah. bigger, you got to have a flare. You got to have a first aid of some sort. You have to have a flag. You have to like, the list goes yeah. on and on, but make sure you check exactly. your local areas because if you're going to a lake down the street, I'm really guessing that they're not going to have anything, but uh, make sure you have a life jacket. Yeah, pretty much. So, Yeah, and also, when we say lake, we're not saying Great Lakes. We're like like Lake Superior. You might as well consider that like a small sea, right? It's That's an ocean. That is big. That, 
they have their own waves and whatnot, their own ecosystems. They're huge, 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 huge. And that's where kind of those, those flare guns, those flags would come into play. If you're in the Northwest or in parts of Canada, like where you're in like Lake Erie, Lake Ottawa, that kind of thing. And you could like, you could kayak on those great, great lakes. But like Brad said, just make sure you know the complete rundown of safety equipment that you would need to where you're legally allowed to operate your kayak in said lake or river system exactly. or ocean. Yeah, or ocean. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that ocean kayak on fishing kayaks that they love to go out and just catch these really big fish, but just make sure you're prepared. Don't go out there like a dingus and <laughs> get on a like eight foot boat from Walmart and be like, I'm going to go fish on the ocean. And then before you know it, you're in five foot swells and you're holding onto your boat, hoping it doesn't sink. Yep. Don't do that to yourself. Exactly. So to kind of circle back around with all these extra little things, your thousand dollars is quickly becoming 500 to $600. And if you have a stimulus check, you're actually looking more like a $1,200 budget. So you're looking at somewhere between like an $800 boat around there. If you're spending around $400 with the racks, paddles, life jackets, all the stuff, right? Just the whole kit and caboodle. You're actually looking more like $800 if you have your stimulus check at $1,200. Or if we're just saying $1,000 just to make a nice round number, you're looking more at like $600 boat. Okay. So with that, there's a lot of really good boats that you could do. And... Last night, I was just binge-watching this YouTube channel. This guy, like, really knows what he's talking about. So, big shout-out to Headwaters Kayak on YouTube. And one of, like, the first one that I looked at, and that was super in-depth, and I watched a bunch of other videos by him where I learned about, like, $300 kayaks and stuff. But he reviewed the under $1,000 category. And so, ultimately, he goes super in-depth with this stuff, but there's... The five boats that he reviewed, this is from, he's a specialty shop owner in paddle sports. And him and his buddy just go out. Whenever they get a new boat, they go and demo these boats. And so that's kind of what they're doing in, in this episode. And we'll we'll link this video down below. But honestly, this guy knows a lot more than than, than we do. This yeah, guy's been doing sure. selling boats for over a decade. This is stuff that's in his shop. The stuff that he knows is good quality product because he's not going to sell junk to, to his customers, right? This isn't. A big box store. So everything I'm gonna name five that that he personally personally recommended. And I would say this is just a great starting point. You're not gonna be disappointed on any of these boats. So his number one boat, and the reason why I fell in love with this boat, I've already said it, the wilderness system Pungo 12.0. Um We've kind of already got into this super ergonomics, got good bulkheads, got got all the creature comforts, right? Okay. If you want something that's more performance oriented, where you can do like class one river systems, maybe even class two, you could look into the Dagger Axis 12. So again, a 12 foot boat, whatever the number is, sometimes you'll see like 120. That just means 12, like a 12 foot okay. boat. And if you see like a 10 or a 100, that means 10 foot. So, so on and so forth. Okay. And this boat was more performance oriented. The Dagger Axis 12, a little bit more nimble. You're kind of doing a little bit more of action with your hips and stuff. Really good secondary edges. After that, his third best boat was the 
Oh, I should probably tell you the prices for these. So let's back up. That's I true apologize. Too. Yep. Apologize. So Wilderness Systems Pungo, nine ninety nine. So if this is this is the Pungo is more for somebody that either is okay saving up for another season, or maybe this is their second boat where they already have a paddle, they already have a rack, they already have this, that, and the other thing, the life jacket, right? So the Pungo, maybe if this is your second boat, this is going to be freaking awesome boat. Freaking awesome. The Dagger Axis, a little bit cheaper, $869. So a little bit cheaper. Maybe if you have a life jacket laying around, maybe if you have a truck and you don't need a rack, maybe you could maybe you could swing swing this. So pretty pretty expensive, but it's it's possible. This next one, the Feel Free Aventura 125. So that's a 12.5 foot boat. This is counted at $649. This is one that's more of a touring style boat. It's got a stern and a bow bulkhead, and it's got a bunch of adjustable features. Maybe not as much as the Pungo, and it is. It's got kind of a V-shaped hole, so it'll cut through the water very nicely. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of a do-it-all type of boat. You know, you could use your bulkheads for fishing. You could you could use it for a day touring thing. You know, a lot to consider with this boat. And it comes at a really good price point at $649 to where you could go a little bit budget more on some of your other stuff that you need as a first-time buyer getting into the sport. Fourth on his list was the Jackson Topilo 12.5 and it actually jumped up in price for 2020 so it's now a 999 boat unfortunately and so this one if you're at 999 I would just say just go with the wilderness systems pungo rather than the, the Jackson Topilo and I'm going to go ahead and contradict you Sean oh man I'm going to come in clutch holy so- smokes when I'm looking for a kayak for myself, I'm a no thrills kind of guy. Because when I'm going out, I don't need all the extra things. I just want a place to put my phone and some food and some water. I don't need any of the extra little pockets in this phone sitters and thingies. And it all just depends on what preferences you want. I like the Jackson Adventures purely for the sense that it has a little bit more of a V style hull. So it's going to cut through the water a little bit more. And that's kind of the nist that I like. It's a little bit smaller of a boat for thickness-wise. So I like the idea of being deeper in the water. So it kind of is that play back and forth of what you're looking for truly that'll fit you. Because Sean, obviously, he's a wilderness guy. Apparently. <laughs> he's, a, he's diehard. He likes it. And both of us have never seen these boats in person. So maybe if we get to play with them, that type of thing, maybe it'll change. I, I've I, seen the Pungo in person, personally. Oh, at, okay. Um, Shields, I've seen it at. If oh, you have a Shields, if you're yep. on the East Coast. That's fair. I've seen the Pungo there. It's a pretty boat. They've got a bunch of different colors. Really nice boat. Um, lastly on that list is the Perception Joyride at $749. So this is just... Uh, just an okay boat. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with it. You're going to be happy with this boat as your first boat. It's just it doesn't have quite it's not as much it's not as performance oriented as like the Dagger Axis, the Aventura or the Tupilo, and it doesn't quite have as much 
storage space and it doesn't quite have as much creature comforts as the pungo does so it's kind of this middling boat it does everything okay it does everything kind of good it just doesn't do anything great i would say and so that's where you kind of get some of that discounts at 749 dollars but that's here in the video the thing that dan from headwars kayaks was really praising about the Jackson, or excuse me, the Perception Joyride, was that this thing was bulletproof, essentially. You could have this kayak for the rest of your life, basically. It's a super well-made, super very, very sturdy kayak. So if you're first-timer and you're going to make some mistakes, hit, hit, hit some rocks and you're worried about that, maybe that's something you could consider, having that bulletproof type of bolt, boat. Okay, that's fair. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a good round idea about it as well for pricing. Because for me, I'm not ready to spend $1,000. No. I have other things that I'd like to spend $1,000 on right now that's not a kayak. But I think if I was to pick out of just these five, I'd probably go with the Dagger. Because it's a little bit cheaper, but it still has some of those performance things so I can go play in the whitewater up yeah. to a certain class, of course, not going anything crazy, crazy, but still being able to play around at least a little bit. Yeah, I it, I really like the Pungo, and if you and I were dead set on doing, like, getting into, like, class one, class two rapids, I think I would choose the dagger if I wanted something to for more so just touring with my wife, I would choose the Wilderness Systems Pungo. That's fair. If I were wanting to get really into like weekend trips where I've got everything in my stored in my boat and stuff, I would go for the feel free Aventura because okay. it has more bulkheads, more, more storage space. That's fair. Hmm. But, so some different things to consider there. And also I, I think also with headwaters, also it, this, this next video will also be in the, in our show notes, but he did a video about, Five kayaks under $300, and I really loved his attitude. Really nice guy. And he understood that, like, his shop, he his shop isn't the first shop that people go to buying kayaks for the first time, 90% of the time. You know, most people are going to Dick's, Walmart, something like that, you know. And they're looking at these kayaks and like, oh, yeah, that would, that would be fun. Maybe Maybe me and the kids can go out. Maybe me and the wife can go out. You know, that would, that would that would be fun. So he did a really good review about of the under $300 boats. And, you know, for what they are, you know, for how often that you'd be using them, you know, maybe once a month during the summertime, really good boats. You could have a lot of fun with them. And what I really liked about his attitude is with a lot of these adventure sports, there's a lot of elitism. And especially in like mountain biking, there's a lot of snobbiness about, mm-hmm. ugh, you don't have the $6,000 Yeti. Who even yeah. are you, bro? And so I really exactly. loved his attitude in the under $300 boat where it was just like, yeah, this boat's fun. Is it for professionals? No. But for first timers, is it fun? Is it going to do its job? You know, you going out onto your local lake, you going out to your local river where it's calm, flat water. Yeah, this is fun. And there's nothing wrong, or wrong with it. And so, you know, we're talking under $1,000. Well, guess what? Under $300 is under $1,000. And if you're on a budget, there's nothing wrong with these these boats. You just have to understand that these are flat water boats at the end of the day. 
Yeah, and that's fair, Sean. You just got to make sure that you analyze what you want to get and why. Going back to the very beginning of what we talked about, what, where, when, why. Why are you doing this? Where do you want to go? What is your dealio? How often do you want to go? So you got to make sure that if you feel that every weekend you're either going to be riding mountain bikes and then jumping on the kayak after, then maybe you want to move up to that $1,000 range. But if you're just looking to get the kids out or you're looking to get a new hobby that just gets you out every month or so, if you live somewhere warmer, maybe go out more than that. Just feeling the waters to see if you even like it. You know, maybe exactly. maybe you get the under three hundred dollar kayak and you say, Yeah, you know, I'm glad I bought this under three hundred dollar one because this isn't for me, and that's completely fair. Mm-hmm. So any final thoughts, Brad, about things that people can consider with their kayak or I just wanna say go rent if you're really scared. If you're like, I've never even sat on a kayak, I've never been in a canoe. I don't like. I, I just don't. I'm worried, but I also want to get out on the water. There are plenty of places at a bunch of different lakes, especially in Colorado. Wyoming has a couple that rent kayaks for an hour or two hours, yeah. and some do even the whole day. So if you want to go out, get everybody out, just go play around with boats. That's a way to do it. And you can also ask, "Hey, I'm thinking about buying a boat. What types do you have?" And they can explain what they have and you can be like, okay, well, I'll try this or try that. And then you can even strike a deal with them and be like, okay, I'll come back in 30 minutes. Can I get on a different boat? And most of the time they're going to say yes because they want to get people excited, want to get people into the sport to be able to play around and have more yakkers out there to be kicking butt. Yeah, that's the thing that's good about these specialty shops. You know, it's. A lot of times they will allow you to do to do demos. I mean, granted, you're going to have to pay for the demos, kind of more or less as a security deposit for the boat. But whereas the big box stores, they're not going to let you demo them. Exactly. Um, Sean, I don't have anything else. What do you got for your final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I really want to get into kayaking personally. I do. It's just for me, I got to get my wife Yuvi a mountain bike first or at the very least help her get a mountain bike first get her into it we actually bought her 510 shoes this weekend Ooh, so pretty, wee, pretty baby for her we're, we're one step closer yeah that's awesome <laughs> yeah she she's got these like really cool looking like suede looking ones they they oh. look like um the adidas gazelle if you remember oh, that oh yeah i do those they gotta look be like, sick like those. and that's they got awesome. this beautiful beautiful teal look to them anyways this is a kayak talk this is we're getting back into mountain bike talk as you see we have a problem folks we do we do have a problem with mountain biking (laughs) but yeah i mean i just love the idea of kind of what brad was saying towards the end there just i want to go ride my mountain bike for a while you know have have my bike hitch on the back and then i want to have my kayaks on top of of the roof and then i want to go to these systems where i can do a little bit of this a little bit of that and just enjoy myself all day long and then once i'm tired go out and camp (laughs) exactly and that's why that would be the dream i'm just really excited for this truck that i just bought little sneak peek that we're going to be doing a lot of different adventures in because we can bring the yaks we can bring the bikes we can go anywhere and be able to do these amazing rides amazing swims and then take a nap yeah heck yeah so yeah, I mean everything everything that we research today is going to be in the show notes below. 
Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much that you can look into. There's so many different things. Uh, talk to talk to some people and just see what you like. Prioritize what you want, who, what, when, where, why, kind of thing. And yeah. Uh, other than that, you can always follow us on social media and always make sure to subscribe and follow on whatever podcast network you're listening to whether it's apple podcast spotify stitcher tune in whatever you're listening to make sure to follow and subscribe you can follow us on twitter at release the adv brad is in charge of the instagram at release adventure you know because instagram what keeping it simple for sure oh yeah and always i'm looking for what you guys want me to take pictures of because I love taking pictures. Haven't got a lot out there lately. But hopefully this weekend I'll take a bunch. Because we're yeah. going to hopefully take a fun trip. where We can take a bunch of pictures. Ride our bikes a bunch. Try to see what we can get our hands on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're, we're taking a trip this weekend. So I think we're going to try to at least get the Friday episode done. But there might not be a next Tuesday episode. Depending on... If we can get this going in the next few days, we'll see. Because we're planning on leaving this coming Thursday. So that would be, what was that, like May 21st? Yeah, May 21st we're planning on leaving. So you might not have an, an episode on May 26th. If yeah. you do see one on that day, then great. If not, well, we're just let letting you know. Exactly. So. so. Yeah, and also just always remember to share the podcast with someone who you think would enjoy. That would mean a lot. and. Also, something that would mean a lot to us to help us expand the podcast would be to, if you're on the Apple side, give a review on the Apple Podcast app. And if you're not on Apple Podcast, you can use Podchaser. It's like an agnostic podcast reviewing site. So I think that's all I've got for the closing notes. Okay. Well, we appreciate you guys for being here. Always remember, we're release the adventure. I hope you guys have a good day with this beautiful weather.